0: In a world where options are limitless, but time is not, two heroes take a stand against injustice and overwhelming viewing choices. Starring Jane Ellen and Adam Cravens, a podcast that lets you know what's worth watching and what's not. From the Hints and Oakley Podcast Center, this is Binge or Cringe.
1: Hello and welcome to Binge or Cringe. I'm Jane Ellen. And
0: I'm Adam Cravens.
1: And. Even though I we have discussed this before, there is something special and new that came out and I want to get the title correct because I think it wasn't just the the regular title. Anyway, it's The Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. This was obviously filmed and done before all the shutdown. Kimmy Schmidt four seasons hilarious, quirky Tina Feys behind it. That's really all you need to say.
0: Has has one of the greatest theme song yes like ever like soon as you said it it started it mm-hmm. just it it, mm-hmm. it pressed play in my
1: so they made one of those shows where you can choose it's an interactive Kimmy Schmidt so it's Kimmy Schmidt like 10 or 15 maybe 10 years beyond wherever the last season left her and so Kimmy Schmidt is going to marry the 12th in line to the British throne and of course it's Daniel Radcliffe playing A prince, a literal prince, and it has everyone in it. John Ham is there. Not a
0: half-blood prince. No, just a
1: regular one. And you choose the whole. What you have two choices. You know, for instance, it starts out. She's deciding: Do I wear the fun wedding dress or the fancy wedding dress? So you can essentially watch it two different ways. And it was highly entertaining. As how could it not be? It's Kimmy Schmidt. But on the other hand. It's also irritating to constantly have to make decisions. So should I? Should we walk or should we take a nap? I don't care. Just do something, and I have to click.
0: <sighs> I, I love, I love the first world um, agitation. With, I know. I'm watching television. I cannot be bothered to tell the character <laughs> on the moving picture where <laughs> to go. Do what thy will. Entertain me
1: precisely that's really my only problem with it i had to keep responding and jim wouldn't pick one without us telling him to pick one because he wouldn't
0: well he probably didn't want to be blamed for the poor like if he happened to go in the wrong way and they were just like i hate this why did you pick this he was just he was trying to ameliorate the only one where he
1: tried to have a conversation with us was there was a point when kimmy schmidt is given the opportunity to kill the Reverend John Ham, to kill him because he's a horrible person and no one would ever find out. Not
0: not like the real life John Ham.
1: Right, like, no, you know, no. You, it was made clear how Hamm. delightful he is through the whole thing. Just making sure. And so there are four choices uh, shoot him, blow him, up, blow him up, stomp him, set him free. And so Anna Grace and I are like, shoot him! Shoot him! <laughs> And when it comes to blow him up she goes and gets a a bazooka and Jim's like Kimmy Schmidt would never do this. Why are you choosing this? And it's like, mm-hmm. Oh, that's what they
0: do." That's where he gets indignant. <laughs> yes. He's just like, "This is not a choice, Kimmy Schmidt."
1: Yes, that is exactly what he make. did. Like, You're not being true to her we character. We need to be
0: honest to her motivations and this per- like I mean, honestly, it's not any sillier than when like somebody gets mad online they're like, "Batman wouldn't use a gun." That's and right. I'm just like, Okay, listen, A, you're right, he wouldn't. But B, it's also a fictional character, and, like, whoever is writing it at that point, that is what the character is doing. But here's the
1: joy. If you choose the three methods of killing him, and then go for the fourth one, right before you get it, you get John Hamm. What? You picked all three of them? (laughs) 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 So... So there are many nuggets of delight in the interactive Kimmy Schmidt episode. For
0: the majority of John Ham's work, like you know Beirut or Mad Men, or just like a lot of the stuff, uh, what was it, Million Dollar Arm? I think. Um, yeah. A lot of stuff he does is like primarily dramatic, and I really don't think this guy gets the appreciation that he. What is is he in Bridesmaids? Is that, he's got like a cameo in Uh, it? He has so many cameos. But I'm just saying, like, for a guy that is widely recognized for being very dramatic, because like Mad Men isn't a particularly funny show.
1: Well, you see, he's a funny angel in Good Omens on Amazon, which I'm sure you haven't seen yet, because Anna Grace is going, oh, that's Gabriel, the one that jogs all the time. And I said, yes, it is.
0: But I mean, again, the guy's hysterical yeah. and like just widely recognized for being something that is du- the direct opposite. Have you ever of watched that.
1: a Billy Eichner Billy on the Street? I don't believe so. Well, it's Billy Eichner.
0: I figured who, that out. Who
1: is known a lot for being funny slash yelling at people, and he just goes up in people's faces with famous people with him. And one day he did it with John Hamm, and <laughs> just awesome. You're
0: just losing your mind because it's. Just- like uh uh, john c Riley, like in the earlier part of the the odds like primarily is doing a lot of dramatic Mm -hmm. work like that's what that guy was known for and then he
1: met will ferrell
0: and apparently like he's just like wait a minute this is so much more fun this is what i'm like i can't remember the last time john john c Riley did a serious film like i i i'm Apparently, he's best friends with Will Ferrell now, which, kudos, That'll like, do. that, he does seem like a fun guy, uh, but, like, it's it, it just, it, it's weird that somebody that is known so well for these mm-hmm. things can can suddenly just stream off into this and just be like, oh, either, you know, this is more fun, or this is a whole lot easier. Or, why haven't I been doing this? Mm-hmm. Like, why, why wouldn't I have done that?
1: So, I don't think that... Interactive TV is going to become the norm. I think it was done well with Kimmy Schmidt because the show is done and it's, and we all know ahead of time it's just going to be this one episode and it's for fun and just to play with it. If I had to do this on every single episode of, let's say, let's say I was watching Friends, well, are they on a break or are they not on a break? Ugh. I've, W- Should we when, kill the monkey? Should we eat the monkey?
0: When you try Nobody to the when monkey. you try to blanket a new technology and say that everything needs to be done like this, mm-hmm. I, I so you really do have to break it down and just be like, really, what's what's assisting this thing particularly? Like, okay, James Cameron did Avatar in what two thousand nine, mm-hmm. and suddenly every movie has got to be three D. Yeah, I can't. Stand now it. I, I'm not saying a movie like there there were several marvel films that utilized it but i can watch most of the like i want to say captain america was in 3d i think thor mm-hmm. was um maybe maybe avengers was but like it's to the point that like i don't i don't think it added anything to those films and i've watched them so much and if i can't go back and tell you that it was definitively 3d like maybe it really didn't need it now a film like gravity that I did see in 3D. That mm-hmm. like the reviews I was reading made it a point to tell me watch this thing in 3D. Like I can tell you, I, I mean, saw I Gravity. Don't think I could have. I saw it Gravity so in 3D, and I was just like, "Holy cow! This this film is properly using this." I I, I don't know that you'd call like choosing your own adventure a new technology, mm-hmm. but it's a different way to experience like viewing it. But especially uh, again, for a
1: one off. I can and handle it for a one
0: off, especially for a comedy. But like, if you're doing something like you had mentioned, Good Omens or Mad Men, does that really assist itself oh, into no. that? Like, could you, could you
1: imagine? Could you imagine a CSI? <laughs> that's, yeah, I mean, that's what I'm
0: talking about. Like, it it would just it would get to the point that you're like, this is such a chore. I'm going to I'm going to go read a book where it just tells me mm-hmm. what happens next. Oh my goodness. This is exhausting. If I wanted to make decisions about everything, I would literally just walk outside and live life.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Our point. So, it is fun. I do recommend it. And I just don't want every show to do that and that's not the case here with Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt and there is a bit about the song.
0: Oh there. Okay. Yes,
1: well, if I'm... you try to if you have an option to skip the <laughs> song, The guy is back and says, "Oh, you're gonna try and skip this? Oh no, you're not, because I've got a longer version." (laughs) Okay. So uh, it's and Tina Fey is a robot, so it's it's got a lot of fun stuff happening, and I highly recommend it. You're listening to Binge or Cringe, brought to you by Henson Oakley Family Dentistry. Jane Ellen talking with Adam Cravens about what is worth streaming, and and
0: and yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: I watched some other stuff for you,
0: for particularly for me, or just you? for
1: you. Okay,
0: all right, I'm listening.
1: Now I thought for sure this was an Adam Sandler film, and I'm double checking because it's got his friends in it. But I watched every second of the wrong Missy. Are you familiar with the wrong Missy? I don't. I don't believe so now. Oh, I'm sorry. It is an Adam Sandler film. He's one of the producers. I knew it had to be because it had David Spade in it and Rob Schneider and a bunch of other people that you would recognize.
0: That he he, he brings to every production or every, I'm assuming on vacation, probably sometimes when he goes to the grocery store. Mm -hmm. um, Just any of those things.
1: So this is the story. You've got this regular guy. And that's David Spade, just a regular guy. And his girlfriend broke up with him. His fiancé broke with him like months ago. And his grandmother sets him up on a blind date. And the date is, oh, man, she's horrible. Her name is Missy. You you hate everything about her. You don't want to be around her. I couldn't wait for the date to end. It was awful. So three months later... He meets someone else named Melissa, and they are completely in sync. And so naturally, when he goes to text new Melissa, he is actually texting the other one, thus the name the wrong Missy.
0: That's kind of funny.
1: Yes. Now. Well, I mean,
0: and also that's something that I could think mo- most of us can relate to. Like you start a text conversation and you're just like, blah, 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 send. And then, like the person responds back with like question mark, and you're like, "Oh, that shouldn't, that should not have went." Oh,
1: and Jorge Garcia has a guest spot, so well, that's throw that. That's not a bad thing. I'm gonna throw that right in there. Maybe you want to watch Lost. I mean,
0: it's not as good as having Paul Rudd as your guest. No, but but it's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing either.
1: Okay, so Lauren Lapkus plays the the annoying Missy, and you hate her so much. You have to give her all the accolades, truly. David Spade is not playing David Spade like you expect him to. Uh, Rob Schneider, naturally, has an accent, and because, uh, you know, he can. But the movie was predictable, duh. It was raunchy.
0: That's, that's the, both of the things are, are foregone conclusions.
1: Yes. I know there was something that made me laugh out loud, like, ha-ha, this is one of those. But I don't remember what it was, but there was something that made me do that. However, she is so irritating in that role, she deserves some manner of recognition because it takes a lot to pull that off. And so naturally, she's invited to this very important retreat so David Spade's character can get a um, promotion, and he's surprised that it's her because she is what? The wrong Missy. And it's just a whole thing. And so then... Ten minutes into it, Jim says, and how do you resolve this? I said, oh, he's going to find out that she's really great. Ta-da! <laughs> I mean,
0: Sandler, Sandler movies, and when I say Sandler, I don't mean like Punch Drunk Love or, uh, what was it, Rain on Me? Like, I don't mean those Sandler movies, but mm-hmm. like the ones that he like is a co-writer on or, you know, produces or usually stars in are, are they're usually not about like breaking narrative boundaries. Mm-hmm or surprising, like they, they don't shammel on you at any point. Right. Like if, if you can't watch an Adam Sandler, a preview for an Adam Sandler movie and not tell within a reasonable, reasonable degree of like certainty, what the plot of that movie is like, you're, you're not trying hard. Now, enough.
1: let me give you an example of what kind of movie this is. And Jim kept leaving it on with the children in the room. It's like, um, and even Jenna said, I think that's inappropriate for for us to hear. And there was a song playing, and I can't repeat any of the lyrics, but from the other room, Anna Grace says, I can hear those lyrics. That's completely inappropriate for us. <laughs> it's like, well, yeah, they're, I, I don't even want to hear the lyrics. Anyway, they're quite explicit. But so they're all in a boat because the, the guy who's going to choose who gets the promotion, the CEO, he... He is an adrenaline junkie, and he wants everyone to get in the shark cage with him. But there'd been no sharks around. So naturally, Missy, the wrong Missy, decides to make some chum, even when there's a sign that says, no chumming. And Rob Schneider, the captain of the boat with the missing fingers and the accent, as they fight over the chum because he says, no chumming, it gets all over her. So naturally... She kneels down at the end of the boat, right above the shark cage, and vomits into the shark cage, thus attracting the sharks. So she didn't actually chum the waters. She vomited and you get to, you know, see it. Now usually in the picture stories, fake vomit is oatmeal they hold in their mouths, you cut away and go this, or, or it's this like a hose a, yeah.
0: like that they've got right here. Or or they just they you get to hear it, but you don't see it. No, there was not a
1: lot of hearing. It wasn't a, a family guy type of vomit situation, but it was that color. It was more sirloin burger chunky soup. It's and then you could see like Campbell's it Campbell's chunky, if yeah. you
0: will. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. With, the, with a vegetable chunk.
1: And so there's that. So that, that's the kind of movie you're into. Um, it is something that will take your mind off things unless you want it to end immediately. Or unless you're expecting to be surprised.
0: I, and like I said, I, I'm, I'm, I will constantly chastise. There, there was a point that I liked Adam Sandler movies, but like I was also under the age of 20. Like, as well, I can't really think of one like,
1: oh, I think if I was a 19 year old boy, I would find this hilarious.
0: I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, when um, Happy Gilmore came out, I was 15 when uh what else billy madison came out i think i was 14 like i'm just like (laughs) (laughs) Mm. these movies this this is the height of comedy (laughs) i mean they're not but Um, again
1: she is brilliant at this whole thing she's got going on perhaps the biggest movie role you will know her from is jurassic world she is is the one that um, the guy wanted to hug at the end because she worked behind the computers.
0: And he was like, "Oh no, no, yeah, I'm, we're not having a moment." Yeah, yeah. A, no, her—that's that, what I'm, I'm talking I'm about. I'm with somebody. No,
1: no. And uh, she did an exceptional job. So she, she, I hope got paid a lot of money. And
0: net Netflix throws around a lot of money. And however critically people may feel about. Adam Sandler or films that he's producing. Um, From what I understand, like, Netflix is getting a ton of views. Oh, for sure. On these. And I mean, like... And this
1: didn't cost a lot to make. I mean, you could tell. They basically were at a resort, probably. They were somewhere where there was a beach and water.
0: Well, for about a... Maybe three months. For about a 10-year period, like, Adam Sandler made movies for Sony, and, like, he had... He had a a better track record and a higher profitability than, like, Tom Hanks had, Mm -hmm. which... Still, it hurts my head to hear that, even when I hear it now. But, I mean, like, Adam Sandler understands his audience. Yeah, and he does and a like, great job of that. And he doesn't need a $300 million budget, like, to achieve it, either. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, really, he just needs some fake barf. Yeah. Um, some people that probably don't have a lot of respect for themselves, and they're just like, yeah, sure, I'll do that. You want me to do that for money? Yeah, sure. Yeah, that's what What am I doing? Right, okay, so I'm a, I'm a captain without any fingers, and I talk with a weird, prob- probably offensive accent. Yeah, I can do that. That'll That's going to pay the
1: bills. That's okay, right. Okay, that'll be fine. Daddy
0: needs a new pair of shoes.
1: So anyway, uh, The Wrong Missy is the right movie for some members of the audience. And other than the Sandler movie with Jennifer Aniston, which was one of his best Netflix ones, this just had a Sandler vibe as opposed to the others. This... This was more in line with that Jennifer Aniston Sandler movie that he appeared in, but it wasn't that and, good.
0: And mind you, it's the murder mystery one, yes, not what was it? the murder just, mystery one. Just go for it? Yeah, don't, not Was that. that the other one? No. Okay. I'm
1: All done right. with the murder mystery one. So it wasn't like um, the ridiculous whatever, six, seven, eight, nine. I, I always miss it. <laughs> the up. hateful
0: eight that you kept wanting to. Yes, the ridiculous,
1: to- yeah. The hateful eight. It's not that level of I want to stick a fork in my eye. So, so there, it is what it is. And the lead actress is spectacular in the role that she was asked to portray. And that is the name of that too. Mm-hmm. I, mean, <laughs> real, I
0: mean, as an, as an actor, or actress, like, I mean, as much as we would all like to be part of, you know, like, like, you know, the Godfather or like, you know, other films mm-hmm. that just have, have respect and reverence, like, you know, that just echo throughout the halls of eternity. You know, sometimes just being good in the movie that you are hired to do and like doing it well, it, it's not a bad thing. Like I don't, exactly. I don't. Again, I don't. I don't think like when AFI recompiles its list that they're probably going to include this. Or even if they did, just streaming movies probably not going to include it there either. Mm. But she, she was paid, and I guarantee you, Netflix is going to wear this thing out.
1: Oh, absolutely.
0: So I mean, kudos.
1: And there you have it. So. Uh, Thank you so much for listening to Binge or Cringe. I'm Jane Ellen. And I'm Adam Cravens.
0: You've been listening to Binge or Cringe. Download your favorites and keep up with new episodes in the Hints and Oakley Podcast Center.